Welcome to those 90s teachers podcast with Tasia and Zara, where we are currently taking up space in the education arena in different parts of the world. Throughout this journey, you will learn about being a teacher in today's society as we share personal stories and life experiences in the classroom. Girl, back with another episode. Back at it again. Yes. It's been, I feel like I haven't talked to you in like forever. I know. I feel like this is like the biggest break that we've had in a minute. But it's a good thing because we're both enjoying our summer vacation right now. Yeah. And I saw that you went to the Beyonce concert. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Queen B has done it again, folks. If you have not purchased your tickets for a Renaissance tour, I don't know what you are doing right now. She is iconic. Wow. The last, I went to a Beyonce concert in 2016. I think it was the Formation Tour. Yeah. And it was like the best time I ever had. It was so I'm, fun. I'm telling you, Beyonce is one of the greatest performers of our time right now, for sure. From yeah. visuals to vocals, to dancing, to to everything, the ambiance, the fashion. Killed it. <laughs> and I know you went to Mexico for your birthday. Tell yes. us had so much fun we went to uh first we were in um sorry cancun and we had like a really nice condo like right off the water we stayed in the airbnb it was so so nice and honestly everything was around us so as soon as you went downstairs well i say downstairs but you go downstairs in the condo and you like you turn right and there's like so many things to do like a mall restaurants everything like we didn't have to go honestly anywhere so um then after we stayed like five days in Cancun we then went we took like a two-hour taxi to Tulum and stayed in another another place Mm -hmm. um and Tulum was definitely a vibe I think that um there's a lot of like young black people there like it was it was just interesting I didn't expect like a newly developed city like Tulum to have so like so many like minority people there like just living their best life eating good it was beautiful to see actually so that is incredible you know and it's great to see uh black people traveling mm-hmm. and having that luxury life too you know what I mean uh so it's great representation representation I love that was the food good girl it was so good <laughs> um I think in Mexico they have like a lot of fried things which is interesting because I kind of see that as like something that you do down south right like mm-hmm. a lot of fried foods but um yeah it was a lot of fried foods really good they like octopus a lot and you know it was actually pretty good you know I, I've, I'm I'm a person that's really open to trying new things mm-hmm. like I'll try anything like I'll do different foods even if it looks weird I I'm that person like I really will try just about anything <laughs> once <laughs> why well, you're brave than me because I'm a person <laughs> that I cannot do that <laughs> I will try anything at least once I love that <laughs> What was something new that you tried there that I was like, okay, I, I think I, I like this? Um, I think it was the um what was it? They it was I think it was the fried octopus. Like really? I I don't like any animal that's not like a salmon or a cod or something like yeah. a no, one that I know that yeah. has regular fins. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I don't usually touch that. But I'm like, oh, this is different, you know, okay, I'll try this. And it was actually pretty good. Like, I actually ordered it for myself when we went to another restaurant because it was seasoned really well. And it was pretty different. It was cool. Awesome. So then we were going to add octopus to... No, but it's just... (laughs) Just a one-time thing. It was just something bad for the experience. And other than that, it's like, I don't think this will be a regular order. But it's something that... I didn't try in Mexico. Okay. Just had to make it sure for our for our listeners out here. Yeah. yeah, that's clear. Um, yes. So what's something that you were able that you've been able to learn this summer so far from about yourself? I learned that like a person like for me growing up, I thought I was very like like I have social anxiety. But now uh with 
again, being in the influencer world, as you call it, um, I learned to like open myself up and carry conversations with all kinds of different people. Um, yeah, so I think that's a big deal. So I recently just went to another, like an event with Tim Hortons, which is a coffee uh, shop. It's like the Dunkin' Donuts of, of Canada. So Tim okay. Hortons is like a big deal. Uh, so they invited us to their roastery uh, tour where they like create their coffee and they roast it. And I went with a group of people. There was like 20 influencers and it was nice. Cool. I got to meet really cool people and like hold conversations and actually like connect with people outside from what I do in real life. So it it, it was such a an an honor. Uh, so yeah, I feel like so my social battery uh, is getting better. So like putting myself more in um, I would say in situations where I don't know anybody by myself and I'm like getting to know people and make connections. I think that's a that's a new trait that I. That I've unlocked. You know what? I love that you said that because um, after Mexico, I went on a solo trip to Boston, and that's really what my main goal was too. Because I, like you, um, I really believed I had social anxiety also, where I'm like, I can't talk to people, I get nervous speaking to people, or even like sharing like my full self, like how I'm doing right now, was so very difficult for me to do because I feared people like not being accepted by other people. But I think that on the trip that I took by myself, I had to not only align with like um who God made me to be and recognize like that as long as I'm accepted and know that I'm accepted by God like that's all that matters and I can only be who I am you know and whoever likes it likes it whoever doesn't that's okay you know I feel like like as I grow older and is what you said it's like I'm I know now that I'm not for everybody and that is okay you know and I know other people like not everyone's going to be for me either and that's okay you know so yeah, I love that. Yeah, uh, yeah, seriously. And I think also as educators too, um, sometimes we, you know, we try to be everything for everybody because we're in a in a in a profession where we are called to serve. So we're like, okay, like I need to serve in this way to to be accepted by the kids. I need to serve in this way to be accepted by admin. I need to serve yeah. in this way so that my teacher colleagues won't have issues with me. But then what I'm learning too is that conflict is inevitable in anything. And it's like the ability to be able to actually, you know, even speak your truth and whether someone accepts it as it as it, your truth or not, you know that you did your due diligence in speaking what you, you know, from your heart. Yes, I love that. And I feel like, yeah, especially in the teaching community, I think that's so true because your experience on a situation wouldn't be the same experience uh, from another colleague or whether it's admin, you know, and I feel like sometimes uh, it's good to hear other perspectives of the same situation that arises, because then you can take accountability, people take accountability, and people's emotions are validated. So I think that's so important. Yes, mm -hmm. I think so too. Um, so do you want to get into the our topics, our hot topics? Let's get into <laughs> this hot topic and this theme that we will be talking about in this episode is about classroom management and behavior. Um, so it's a big topic. And I know that this is not going to be the first time we're going to revisit it. Um, because there's so it's very, it's, it's like a big umbrella, right? Because it kind of can be breaking uh, broken down into um, different scenarios. So uh, take it away with your hot topic. Right? Got it. Okay. So um, I was actually sent this video from uh, my coach and like I, well, my coach and friend, but I, um, I saw it a couple months ago and, you know, I, I don't even remember it that clearly, but I'm going to just show you guys the clip on here. And if you guys are watching on Spotify, I mean, I do Spotify video as well. So if you can watch the YouTube video, you can watch it, but we'll also put the link in the, the bottom of the screen so you can go look at it on Instagram as well. But here is the video. Oh, 
Okay, so okay, so look the the um the caption on here because I know that it was um reversed on the mirror. It says Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte Mecklenburg schools teacher suspended after grabbing and cursing at student. Um, and then in the caption, it's from Spiritual World. That's where the video is from. It says Kelly Russell, an art teacher, was on paid leave as of July 7, 2023. Russell is not listed as teacher on the school website. In the video, you can hear the art teacher accuse Caden of cursing at a girl and trying to fight her. He reportedly punched a girl, an event that was not captured on camera. Russell can be heard yelling at seven at 11-year-old Caden Franklin while some of the audio is muffled by other kids screaming at the same time. Because he hit a girl, she asked him where he where has he seen a man hit a woman? The teacher then berates the child and curses at him. Channel 9 spoke with Caden's parents and they said they're outraged about what happened on Tuesday, February 7th. Courtney Pickett, the, the boy's mother, said she was horrified by what she saw. You don't need to be in the school system because you don't know how to keep your cool, said Courtney Pickett. Um, a statement from Charlotte Mecklenburg School said the district was made aware of the incident. CMS said the teacher is currently suspended with pay. So that's um, what happened. Um, I okay. So when I initially saw it, I was like, okay, this teacher is wild, right? Like, first of all, you put your hands on a kid. That's crazy, right? Cursing at the child, wild. Um, and then you know, even bringing up like things about your the the child's home life, crazy. Go ahead, Zara. What were you gonna say? No, because I thought I was gonna say the same thing to them. Comment like, does your dad beat your mom? I'll just like. Oh no. Oh my God. Like it is a lot. Like when you watch the video, it kind of is a lot. Uh, and then compared, but when you watch the video, you've, there's like one perspective, of course, where you're like, no, this is wrong. But then I went into the comment section and there were people actually that were defending the teacher. Um, but it's, it's, it's a lot. So I want to hear what you thought of, of, about that part. So what are your, cause I know you told me you had like two perspectives. I did. Um, Shine a light on us. Okay. Okay. Shine a light on it. All right. So look, so when, okay. So like I said, that was my first perspective. I'm like, yo, this is crazy that, you know, that's a mission initially. Then I did read the comments and it made me reflect on my school community, right? The one I previously was at. And I thought about how um, there, cause let's be honest, there are kids that are deliberately disrespectful. Yes. Like there are kids that are deliberate as much as I am an advocate for kids and even defending them when teachers um, see them in a certain light. Mm -hmm. And even though I do see what they did was wrong, I still try to be like, okay, but can you see, can you give the kid grace? I'm that person. But I, I, if I wouldn't be like an actual adult person, if I didn't acknowledge that they are kids that are literally deliberately disrespectful and rude. And mm -hmm. the thing is in the school that I worked at, there would be some kids that would do some heinous things. Mm -hmm. And when you bring it up to the attention to the dean or to even the assistant principal, it's like, oh, you know, they're just children. It's okay. You know, like, just just take them out the classroom, let them sit there and, you know, then have them come back later. Yeah. And it's like, this kid just punched somebody in the face. Mm -hmm. You want me to have them come back after after just one or a couple minutes of them sitting in a room did they reflect it did they truly gain true reflection in what they did you know what I mean so it's that perspective where sometimes like school communities they have these kids that misbehave deliberately continuously and there are no consequences for the actions and even so I've heard that it's not even the dean's fault that from the systematic standpoint Nowadays, they can't even do anything to children anymore either to have any consequences either. So it's like a system where it's like, okay, what the teacher did was wrong. But what what really like I just like I just like what really caused her to be so fed up that yeah. she cursed and pushed the kid back into his seat, you know, so I don't think I do think that there is a level of like, okay, you have to be mindful of, you know, how controlling yourself I totally agree but it kind of is at the point where like you're poking someone for so long and you're just poking at them and you're like <laughs> you know and then after a while you're like do you expect them to just not react after a while right you're right 
I think you hit the nail on the point. Um, and I feel like the bigger issue is the systemic issue of what is happening right now. Why are there so many kids misbehaving in ways that are just not normal? And especially whether it's in the classroom, the school community, like I feel like now and it's a uh, I've been watching videos and I can see from different school communities that I worked in where there are some students that are very like deliberately like isn't it's I feel like it's beyond the teacher's scope right then like there's something that a trained professional in like child psychologists or somebody who, or like maybe a social worker who probably knows how to deal with kids who are acting out or misbehaving in ways that cause harm to other students and the teachers you know like I worked in a one there is a school community where a kid a lot like I went to a supply at a school before where I wasn't given a safety plan so there was a kid in the school that that was on a safety plan but I wasn't made aware of it right and kids that are on safety plans are like they're dangerous to other children but also teachers hence why they're put on a safety plan so they know that it's being flagged uh, and it tells you what the kids triggers are and how to like maneuver um, like or calm down the student or who to call so I wasn't given one and then I had a kid uh, I, I, I don't, I didn't think I said anything. I just told the kid to put away their phone and the kid like threw, like got really mad and just threw a chair like across the room. And I was just like in utter shock right now because we have 30 plus kids in this room. And what would have happened if that chair hit one of those students? What am I going to go tell that parent, you know? And that's not fair to teachers like me, who's like supplying and weren't even given the proper, um, paperwork or like because now I'm liable right because I'm here like legally I'm liable for all the kids so what transpired in there I could be legally liable if a kid were to get hurt but the, the issue is I wasn't given the safety plans and a lot of the times what happens is sometimes especially when you supply um things just get um like you, it, you, everything just gets mixed up, right? Like people don't give you the proper um, files for some students. But the issue is when I seen with that teacher is I kind of, it took me back to that moment with that kid that I had. And I knew like in that moment, how I felt like I was angry. I wanted to yell at that kid. Like, like, imagine you hit somebody, like, you know, let them know like what you did is so wrong. But again, it's one of those things that when you're an educator, sometimes you kind of have to reflect and you have to put your own emotions and your, your feelings aside and still wear that, that teacher hat, you know, like, mm -hmm. even though I, like I, my first instinct, if I wasn't, if I took out my teacher hat, I'd be like, boy, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, and like, are you crazy? You know? But at the moment, I can't do that. I'm in another shock and I kind of have to stay composed. So I kind of understand where the mom is coming from. Yes. Um, where we're like, yes, we're teachers. Um, but again, I feel like you have to understand we're human too. I was going to say that too. We are human. We're human. We, we, we hurt like you hurt, you know, we make mistakes like you make mistakes, you know? So I feel like the teacher was having a human moment, like, you know, and a lot of the times I did, I, I, it, it sucks, but it's just, a, it, it sucks because it's captured in video, but like she was having a human moment. And of course it's wrong. Like I'm never going to agree with the teacher putting hands on a student. Like that is so against my teacher philosophy. I like, you know, but she was having a human moment, you know, she saw a male student punch a female student in the face you know but how, we, we don't even know maybe that's a trigger for the teacher maybe she witnessed physical abuse with, uh with their parents or with a loved one that they know so you know so I feel like we kind of have to give ourselves grace and reflect um instead of just like sometimes recording videos and letting it be viral and then where the world is chiming in now you know like cancel culture you know so because again I feel like everyone's human so I feel like I understood that like both perspectives from that mm -hmm. video. yeah and I think um I learned this too a couple like maybe a year ago cancel culture is so toxic because it doesn't allow people to be human and it kind of goes back to what we talked about the other week about how students dehumanize dehumanize us 
yes. other people dehumanized us it's yeah. like it's so true because in that clip like if i was shocked to see comments like that because i was expecting people to be like oh what's wrong with the teacher you know but it was it but i think that it's because a collective does know the type of generation that is coming up nowadays like it's no surprise that yeah. a lot of these kids like a lot of them don't really have us like i think when i was growing up i was raised to have severe respect for authority I was, that's how I was raised. Like respect your mother, respect your grandmother, respect, you know, respect people. But I think like nowadays kids are growing up and I don't know, those values are a little bit lost in translation somewhere. I agree. I agree. I feel like, cause before it's like, we're respecting everybody, but now I feel like where people are taking more of like a gentle parenting approach where, or maybe just saying everybody is equal in the world or like showcase your feelings. But like sometimes toxicity is, if, if you're allowing your kid to showcase toxic behavior and you're, there's no consequences and you allow them to act like this in the home and they bring it to school, what do you think is going to happen? You know right. what I mean? So I feel like parents also have to reflect on how they are parenting their kids. Because teachers, we're not, these these are not our kids. Nope. I feel like that's the thing. A lot of parents sometimes, even like, re, like in my one year before when I was teaching, parents would like give me like, sometimes would cross boundaries and like in the email itself it would like kind of hint out oh how how can like I so how can like um I let so-and-so do their homework or like more of a blurred like oh at home so-and-so does this that and how like can you help me and I always have to reflect back and let them know professionally I can't tell you how to parent your child. Child, absolutely. I, can't, I am not in there in the home with you to make your kids do the homework. Okay, like these are my rules in my, these are my expectations in the classroom. I can't enforce the parent to enforce the same expectations in the classroom in their home, right? And let's say if the kid goes back home and the parent doesn't like, it has a whole different, like no expectations and let the kid does anything they want. When they come to school, what do you think they're going to do? They, they're going to do nothing because they feel like they don't do it at home. Why is it important for me to do it at school? You know, yeah. so I feel like more and more, I feel like parents need to be active in their, um, it, have to be active uh, in their child's education. You have to be active. Okay. And this isn't just not for like the education academic wise, but also behavior. How is your child? Sometimes you kind of have to ask yourself, how does my child behave in school? You know, like socially, right? The, like, there's kids that you know that if I ask you, Tadrian, if, if I tell you, oh, give me names of students that show kindness you can name a few right but does every kid show kindness oh no (laughs) like you know what I mean so I feel like parents need to understand day to day what their kids are doing and honestly if you are a parent and you're struggling you can always talk to teachers teachers we're here to be a partnership we're here to we're here to collaborate with you parents like we want to build a bridge between us so we your child can have the most success in their life of school their education you know and even in life we don't just teach kids academic right we teach them how to be kind courteous uh lead uh with 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 uh, curiosity but also be nice to people right and respectful and I feel like that's the thing a lot of um, the same values that are being instilled in classrooms are not being transpired or translated into homes. Hence why there are more kids uh, nowadays, especially especially with social media, that are acting out in complete ways that would be so, it would not be tolerated like a generation before, for no, sure. No way. Um, I love everything that you just said because... Um, it's it's so true. And I have a lot of imposter syndrome when it comes with talking about parents because I'm not a parent. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes like I will deflect and always say, okay, what are the teachers doing? You know, but in reality, like you just said, it it a lot of it does come down to parenting, right? Because we are not the kid's parent. We are their school um leaders you know we lead them we make sure they get their education we try to instill good values in them but we don't go home with them like this is a job for us like let's be honest like it's our job they are essentially like just our students 
you know mm-hmm. um and however their behavior and like yeah I just thought about this when you were speaking as well you know how sometimes even as a human you go in different environments and you act in different ways it's the same thing with a child right when they're away from their parents how do they how do their how does your kid act when they are not around you right and i think mm-hmm. that's why instilling those essential values um in them at home is important so that you know like okay when my kid is with me he's like this and also when they're in school or with other people that they also exhibit those same values that, that I taught them. And then once you realize, okay, this kid is veering off of what I taught them, then you go back to disciplining them and correcting them and showing them the right way. Mm-hmm. And this is what I think. Yeah, no, like, I feel like you hit it on the mark. And the thing is like, the first authority figures that kids see are their parents. And if they don't respect the authority of their parents then how are they going to respect the authority of a teacher or a principal you know what I mean so that's the issue so there's a disconnect and I feel like the disconnect is growing more and more now that kids have access to social media there are so many events like situations that even occurred at the uh, the the school that I'm at where kids were cyber bullying other kids like imagine like these I was utterly shocked because when I was reading some of the stuff that the kids were saying and I'm like would you say this to your your mom your mom (laughs) no no way or your dad or your parent guardian or your grandma or your grandpa no so what makes you seem that this is a correct way to say this to someone else like it's like such a disconnect and it's hard um for kids to take accountability when the people uh when their parents are not taking accountability for their child's actions I think that's another big issue especially when it comes to teaching that I see day in and day out like I I remember there is like a few kids that in my art class that legit did like they literally left my class in the middle of our our lesson opened all the lockers and then just banged it like it, it was so bad that all the other teachers were came out of the classrooms to be like what is happening right now so I remember I had to go phone some parents and then like two out of three parents literally chucked it up to it being um boys will be boys you know and like oh okay like was not even giving me any like like taking accountability or letting talking to their child being like what did you do today at school why are you acting this way there was none of that I was like okay all right. So if wow. parents are not making their kids or helping them see um, what they're doing is wrong, then accountability is not, they're not, nothing. Accountability. it means nothing. I can sit here, say anything all day. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean nothing, you know? So that's why going back to that video, I can understand the frustration of that teacher at that moment. You know, she was having a human moment and I can sympathize with that. Like I can empathize with that right there. But then again, it sucks because we are the faces of schools. Like at the end of the day, we are the faces of a board. They have expectations, right? So when they see things like that being showcased, um, that that's that's wrong it's a reflect because it's a reflection on the school community and that's a huge cms is actually the public school system in charlotte so that's a huge red flag i mean because people because kids because parents are already taking their kids out of public school anyway and this is an even more reason for them to do that but i think going based on our conversation today it also is important for you know parents to pay attention to their children you know I think that not only kids are infused by social media, but parents too. Like a lot of, you know, yeah. all, a lot of our, it's, 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 it's a societal thing now that yeah. it distracts a lot of us from what's right in front of us from the yeah. present moment. I'm going to just say this one quick thing before I let you go on, before we connect our point. But on my train ride to uh, back home from Boston to New yeah. York, I was sitting next to this guy from Switzerland, but he was visiting his family in, in, um, in Boston and then he was going to New York to then go to California and um we were just talking for a minute and he said to me um crap Zara what were we talking about again (laughs) oh we're talking about um parents are not taking accountability of their kids behavior what the heck was I gonna say about this man what did this what was the conversation what did this man say I don't even know this man I don't even know what this man 
Dang. I don't know. I was going to say a point, but. I well, it had to do with social it. media, too. We were talking about social media. With kids. Dang. Girl, it just left my brain as if it never happened. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> you know what? That happens sometimes. It's called teacher brain. Yeah, I can't even use that excuse anymore. It's a summer girl. Like, no, I'm cool. sorry. Like, I'm going to try <laughs> that excuse to the end. Like, the amount of times, like, with my dates this week that I got wrong oh. was insane. My sister literally, she couldn't even handle me. I was <laughs> so bad with these dates. Even when I had oh, my schedule, I was doing horrible. Like, yeah. yo, I know my iron's low, but dang, I need to be more of my iron pills. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, it, it will probably come up again. But anyways, I met this man from Switzerland. We were t- we were talking about um it definitely had to align with this conversation about parenting. Yeah. But I honestly don't remember it all. It'll come back eventually. It'll come back because we're It'll gonna because you know why yeah. it kind of ties into your uh, next conversation our next conversation yes. number two uh so this basically is an article by usa today that i stumbled upon and it's written by kate perez and it's titled chinese kindergarten teacher executed after poisoning students killing one so a chinese kindergarten teacher was executed thursday for poisoning 25 of her students in 2019 resulting in the death of one child Wang Yun, 40, was convicted of poisoning her students by adding sodium nitrite to the food being served to them. She had originally received nine months in prison for deliberate harm for the crime, but the sentencing was then changed and she was sentenced to death in September 2020. A a notice posted on the outside of a court in China Friday indicated that Wang had been executed the day before. Uh, And here's what we know about the case in execution. So Wang added the sodium nitrate to porridge that was given to the children on March 27, 2019 at Meng Meng Preschool Education, where she was teaching at the time. Wang poisoned the students after an argument with a coworker regarding how the students should be managed. According to the poison control, ingesting nitrate can result in a lack of oxygen, making it hard to breathe, along with confusion, loss of consciousness, seizures, abnormal heart rhythms, and death. The court notice stated that 24 of the students had minor injuries and recovered from the poisoning, but one student died from organ failure in 2020 after being treated for 10 months. This was not the first time Wang had used sodium nitrate. She also poisoned her husband with a toxic substance who survived with mild injuries, AP reported. Yes, and... That is the article. Oh, now nah, we got real dark. Just now. <laughs> yep. That's so yep. dark. Yo. Yep. <laughs> so when I read that article, I was dumbfounded because first it was a preschool. I worked at a preschool before. So it's like, like daycare essentially. So it's like usually from three to four where kids are getting ready to transition into kindergarten. And let me just say, it's chaotic. When you have like 15 to 23-year-olds in one room, it can get chaotic. But kids are kids, right? Especially when kids are just finishing toddler stage, uh, getting into preschool, then getting ready for kindergarten. Kids don't are, are still trying to learn what consequences are, right? And how can they, um, how can they regulate their behavior, right? I got a two-year-old nephew, he goes zero to 100. He can't regulate his behavior because it feels like if if it's not done his way at one point, like let's say if he doesn't get this cookie, he just feels like crying and yelling because that's that's how he reacts, right? When babies are newborns, the way they communicate is through crying. That's how they give you, um, that's how parents know that maybe they need their diaper change. Maybe the baby's hungry. So kids are still learning how to communicate. That's just what's happening. So the fact that this lady... Uh, rest in peace now, um, is working at a preschool and you decided to poison all the kids, that is attempted murder for me. Like I, I, you shouldn't even be around, you shouldn't even be working around kids at that point. Like I, this is where it shows that I feel like 
schools or like there has to be some sort of mental health check with people who work around kids like I feel like it should be like I feel like there needs to be check-ins because there aren't check-ins on on teachers or people who work with kids is mental health I feel like that is key because clearly this woman's mental health was was not there well you said that very eloquently Zara Mm -hmm. that was (laughs) that was um that was very eloquently stated because I I'm like okay I know teachers are human but that's just plain wicked like that's just what is wicked? So wicked no 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 yeah I know that's not what you were saying that it wasn't but I'm just like dang that's wild and yeah. the fact that you're like they should have mental health check-ins I think that's absolutely positively true because you know they're so quick to do like a background check and to yeah. see like your criminal history but like mentally like are you good and not just like and not just like a you know a social like those fake little social emotional check-ins that administration tries to do but it's more like a okay like maybe like we need to go check in with a therapist every so often psychotherapist psychoanalyze you for a little bit 100% I don't know how that would look like but that because my thing is she she clearly had some mental issues too since she used the same thing to poison her husband so it's like no one no one no one caught on no no one saw that or that's why I was confused I was like how did she get she did this before prior how does she even like get the job again of working with kids with that criminal record or I don't know if it's a criminal record or not but like there has should have been some sort of background check that she did this before it should have been on her system like on her file that she shouldn't be working with kids she should have not even worked with kids in general I'm going to say one thing. I think that you have to have certain a certain grace to work with children. 100%. Because I, I've learned in this PD when I first was teaching that um, a child's brain, like our brains don't develop until we're like 25 years old, yes. right? So it's like to have to deal with a toddler whose brain is like a pea, probably, you know, <laughs> can't even like decipher, doesn't even know why they're crying has all these fluctuations of emotions and can't even articulate how they're feeling or anything it's like and and then also for a person that like who has not fully healed in them in their own self to deal with a child that cannot formulate sentences and can't express themselves like you need to have a grace for that because as we are evolving as people as well and our brain is evolving you're dealing with a child that hasn't even developed anything at all yet like you have to have a grace for that. Yeah, no, like a hundred percent. You know that on the head, and she should have never even worked with kids with this background. Like men, clearly, this woman was mentally disturbed, or because she already tried to do that to her husband, right? She did it to her husband, and the fact that she was given this job to work around kids with that, like I, I, I just want to know where was the disconnect. Like, who oh, I had a lot of questions yeah like you know, a lot of to work with kids to begin with because that's crazy oh my god and yeah. I just like tried to put my 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 like my feet into the shoes of the parents who actually lost their kid because of this and that's just like breaks my heart because I feel like again the system or whoever owns this preschool uh, that these kids were attending need to do better due diligence of the people that they hire because a background check is not enough and the same thing that I say with um with um this we were talking about this before how like just hiring a teacher from just like words is not enough like I was question. thinking about that too right about that too I, yep. I feel like you need to see pop up on teachers or where they're actually teaching in a classroom and see how they are with the students how do they Mm -hmm. teach how do they interact how is their communication skills I feel like that is so important so like this just shows me even more how the system of teaching needs to change on how they hire people for the job absolutely and it kind of connects to the previous one as well because I think that there just needs to be diligent observation of what's going on in the classrooms Mm -hmm. like I think that if, for example, if administration or systematically was more 
involved, let's say in the classroom, knew the kids for who they really are. And I get that, you know, administration, they have a lot of things to do. But um, one thing I did learn from my assistant principal last year was that she made her presence known more so than my actual principal did. But she made her presence known and the kids knew her, right? The kids knew her. They knew they can come to her office and speak to her when they needed. And maybe, I don't know what toll that took on to her, right? But I will say that you, that having a presence and having the kids know, knowing the kids in the school will be such a good determinant of how to assess the situation. Because who knows if that teacher went into the class, if a ad went into in the classroom where they saw that young boy, they knew he was a, he had problems with, putting his hands on people, they could kind of more so understand or try to stop the situation before it escalated to that level. If someone was to walk into the preschool classroom and see how the teacher would navigate the different children and see kind of, because you can always see, see how methodical she is, see how she speaks to the kid. They kind of be like, okay, maybe we need to intervention with you to see what's really going on mentally with you. But I think the main issue is that there's not enough uh, observation and maybe like admin does have a lot of things on their plate. But I think the main core thing is to make sure that you are making your presence known, making sure that you're going in, seeing what really is going on in the school mm-hmm. that your administrator is administrating and seeing like checking in with people to see how who they are, like yes. literally who they are who the kids are. I mean, you can't get to know every single kid, but you can kind of get to know personalities based on like, you know, little conversations here and there and just see what's really going on in the school environment to make accurate assessments on, on things. I agree. I agree. And I feel like you, like you connected it so well. And the key is the issue is for me, what I realized is teachers and admin, they're not collaborating on what, like routine and expectations look like, right? Because a teacher's expectations could be one thing. And then again, remember the, you showed me how like the kid can just come back from the office, like nothing happened, but that's, what does that say to a student, right? You're communicating that you can get away with anything at this point. You can get get away with murder basically at this point, and you're not going to get any consequences so I feel like there has to be more of a collaboration and a sit down between teachers whether it's like monthly check-ins of uh, what behaviors that they realize in the classroom maybe admin can come as you said in the classroom and observe and then they come up with a plan like what can we approach to even loop in the parents on their child's behavior right because when a teacher goes a lot to nine times out of ten now when teachers call home they're not respected it's just sucks right but when admin calls they kind of take it seriously because admin is the people they're the ones who can put down the punishment right they can are the ones that are able to suspend kids expel kids keep them you know so I feel like there has to be a connecting so it has to be more of a collaboration between teachers parents and admin when it comes to the behavior and expectations of kids and procedures in school especially when it comes to classroom management if kids are like very like always just interrupting the behavior is getting worse and worse and worse that's when I feel like there has to be more of like a powwow what can we do and what now what does that consequences now look like right Mm -hmm. so let's say I sent the teacher like a student because like let's say the video right that student punched the uh, the other student the girl student on the face and I sent uh, I told go to the office and then five minutes later a kid comes back says oh, I'm good. Uh, the principal talked to me and, I'm, and now they get to sit in my classroom. What does that communicate to the teacher, right? Or what does that communicate to the students? That just shows that, hey, maybe you can go punch another student and you go to the office and you come back. There's no consequences. So I feel like it is so important for teachers, admin, and parents to all be on the same page when it comes to child's behaviors, um, and especially in, in the school community. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that there's also a caveat, like when there is, when it comes to black students, because I have, oh, because I I totally agree. Like everything I was saying is true. Everything you're saying is so true. But when it comes to like black kids, sometimes I have such a heart, like where, where it's like, sometimes they're the ones that get the consequences, right? They're the ones that get more severe. And even though in the video, it was a black child, but, and in my school is predominantly black kids also, but Sometimes a specific type of black child or minority kid that will get consequences, that will get suspended from the school, that Mm -hmm. will get expelled. 
for something that they didn't even do mm. right so it, it's just so terrible because it's just like yeah um you give consequences to the kids that you that you believe don't that can get away with it but mm. then there are certain children that you do give consequences to and mm. that are so severe and they're not even the ones that actually did it yeah and it's like oh, I don't know it's just like such a fine mm. line between it is a fine line that's why I'm saying it, it would be good if like the principal the teachers and the parents all collaborate together absolutely right? I feel like with that then like and you, you have documents of like the behavior that is happening how do we limit that before we even say like how do we approach mm -hmm. this you know because I feel like if they're not collaborating together and like let's say principal does their own thing and suspends a kid and they're not being parents are like why are you suspending and it's not even a good enough reason that's again what happens right mm -hmm. so I feel like it's good for parents teachers and principals to come together and collaborate and actually try to find a solution and even look at the child like the child can also sit in these meetings it's just like an IEP you know when you're writing an individual education plan and you have parents involved you have uh, teachers involved you have principals involved you have a student involved why can't we do that for behavior as well that's so right? true I love that I love yeah. that because if the school is supposed to be a community, then it should really bridge every little, everybody in the child's village. Yeah. Make a solid decision instead of just coming up with something and being like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Instead of involving the parent into it exactly. and having to make a holistic decision. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I feel like that approach should be taken. You already do this for IEPs and you see that it works. Why can't we do that for behavior? You know? Mm -hmm. And again, yes, it, it, it'll be... A, it'll, it'll be time consuming and it will take a lot of effort but isn't the goal better because maybe then you'll have a better classroom community where all students are striving yes right? I, I feel like it's worth the investment we all keep saying we're investing in our kids and show us show yeah. us that you are so we don't have situations like the, the the teacher in the video where she was on her last straw she had had enough she's broken by the system clearly like that, that you can see right that like her teaching hat just went out the window and she was mm -hmm. just human at that moment, right? So I feel like why do why are we driving teachers away when we can work together? Yeah, and I've always said this, but I feel like a school community can create so much healing. And yeah. I think that the fact that it can, because I mean, a lot of things come up when you see somebody's child and you see how that kid is hurting, you can sometimes see what may be going on in their household. And the fact that you want to involve like another human, like a teacher that has their own stuff going on, that may be triggered by that, right? You have administration that may feel inadequate about their ability to leave. You may have a parent that doesn't know how to deal with the situation because they have their own healing that they have to do in their own household. And you bring that together. And what you're saying is beautiful. You know, you bring them together and you're like, okay, how can we fix this? That literally can bring up so much healing in everybody a part of that conversation. And I think that's really like what I really... Okay, everything is really like what God intends for us to be in this world, right? You know, like to be to like, okay, like we're addressing like these difficult situations, not just to condemn one person, but mm -hmm. to bring to light all of our issues, all of our struggles, and then bring them to the forefront and heal them together. Because it's not anybody's fault of why the teacher acts like this, or or why the kid is act this, or why the parent does this, they have their own parenting issues, they bring it into the kid, the kid does this, the teacher acts like this. But it's like, when you're able to have those conversations, conversations or difficult conversations with each other and then not try to blame or condemn somebody for their actions but try to understand and come to a full totality of agreement of what's going on you're able to like break a lot of generational curses patterns and just you know have an actual school community that is healthy yes. and thriving that part honestly and it makes such a big difference that's why like when I tell people, like, like when you go to camp, for instance, right, you're bonding with people, right? They see you at your core, you're spending so much time there, like there's routine and structure there. People are actually like get to be their own selves with other people for, for five, six days where they feel safe. And I feel like we need to take that feeling when kids go to camp and bring it into the school community. I feel like it's so needed. Kids need to feel 
heard. They need to be, they need to feel safe because a lot of the times home life can be hard for, and that's just the reality. A lot of kids come from homes that are just hard, hard experiences and school, a school can be an escape for them, you know? So how can we bridge together where we can make home and school a safe space for all, everyone involved, even great place for parents to heal as well, right? Because yes. just need to have that open dialogue because parents are also like, they didn't get a, like a book that tells them how to parent one-on-one, right? Nope. Everybody has different experiences. So I feel like that, that would be a great way of moving or even implementing into schools. I think that would, would be amazing. Yeah. And it shouldn't be, but that is what you said is so radical. It shouldn't be radical, but it is because it's because you have to have somebody look at themselves. And I think the hardest thing is to look at yourself and see the good, see the bad, see the things that give yourself grace and all those things, and then still be able to be like, you know what, Um, I can give myself grace in these moments and I can move forward. You know, like I'm a human, I can work to be better. And that's that. So like what you said, like it wasn't radical. What was the word I was looking for? I was looking for um, revolutionary. Revolutionary. I'm telling you is, and I feel like we need to get there because yes, we all know this education system is broken, but how can, if we implement healing spaces for all parties involved, I feel like that would all be like a great place to start with making change. Absolutely. And it's not to not making a place where like we're consistently like, blaming someone for something no. or co- being like, okay, well, this kid is this way. It's like, mm-hmm. we don't have to characterize them. No, at we all. And just, I hate that. Yeah, we can just acknowledge that they're exhibiting this behavior and that it's not okay. Yes. You know? And then bringing it to the parent. And, you know, I just, I just really love what you just said. It was so beautiful. You said. Yeah. And I hope one day we can get there. No, I, I believe that we can. I believe we can. Yes, we can definitely. Even if we created ourselves. Yes, honestly, for sure. <laughs> I'm down. Exactly. Seriously. The revolution. Seriously, the revolution. <laughs> Anyways, um, did you have a what do we have? Quote today. Yes, I do have a quote for the day. I got this, like I was searching through a quote that would be fitting to this and the quote that I have is when you're saying yes to others make sure you're not saying no to yourself and this is firstly for me because I'm a person where you know all all the episodes that we talk about how I never put myself first so it's a reminder to myself that we have demands from our job especially with teaching we have demands from our boss we have demands from the students we have demands from our parents we have demands from our family we have demands from just everything like you know so it's good to always and it can be difficult to say no you know like maybe you feel bad and that's how I always feel but I think it's good to always reflect back and look at what is demanded from us and is this going to be something that I'm going to be not prioritizing like maybe family if I do this or myself if I do this so it's good to reflect and we need to create balance in our profession because nine times out of ten teachers don't have a balanced life it's either one way or the other so I feel like this quote really reminds all of us uh, even if you're not a teacher you're a parent you work a hard job or you're you're invest too invested into your career um, it's good to always remember that we need to always put ourselves first I love that quote because um one thing that I like heard from God the other day is I'm the I'm the person that is like um I I'm I will say like I'm a recovering people pleaser, right? Mm-hmm. So I consistently want to be there to please other people. But then one thing that I like felt from God was he was like, Well, the fact that you are not being your full self, like you're not honoring who I made you to be, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the fact that and then it's kind of like when you're not honoring yourself, you're not honoring God because it's mm-hmm. like he made you who you're supposed to be. And then instead of being that full self, you are trying to be who everybody else wants you to be. You're trying to not make someone upset because of something you say, but you never know, like even having those conversations that are hard to have, how you may actually be setting somebody free from something too. And yeah. so that's like the main thing that 
like he's been really getting into me like you have to be your full self because not only are you not honoring yourself and you know who you who I called you to be but you're not honoring me either because you're choosing to be less of who I made you to be I love that. That is so beautiful. And that is so true, you know, especially like, again, I I feel like all of us kind of have people pleasing in us in a way, whether it's as students and we want to impress our our teachers or our professors, or whether it's in a job and we want to impress our boss, you know? So I feel like that is so true. We should never um, minimize ourselves. And we need to take accountability and always reflecting that moment for putting yourself first because all systems and worlds are, are are going to abuse your power you know so it's always good to always reflect back and create healthy boundaries or voice your opinion when it's needed oh yes and my quote is kind of the same it's something I put on my story last night um that I found and it says be patient with yourself shouting out a flower will make it bloom and I really love that quote because I think that sometimes I can be really hard on myself so let's say like I may have disappointed somebody I may be like oh my god like I'm a terrible person right and instead of being like you know girl you made a mistake you apologize move on I will literally I will literally sit there and beat myself up ruminate about it think about it constantly like oh my god like how could I mess this up but then it's just like being like, you know what, girl, you are allowed to be human too. Just how you give other people grace and in their uh, situations that may have hurt you, you also deserve that same grace for yourself, right? Like just because, you know, you may have messed up, you are human, right? You may, you're not going to always meet everybody's expectations or, you know, sometimes you may disappoint somebody else, but at the end of the day, like you have to come back to who you are, right? Who are you? And mm-hmm. You know, work, give yourself grace, you know? I love that. And that's so true. I feel like just in every aspect, it's always good to always reflect back and be gentle with ourselves, you know? Because I feel like in a world that makes us feel like it hardens us or desensitizes us, and we're very hard on ourselves mentally because we're not living up to the expectations of things that we see or goals of like what we thought we would be at a certain age. No, it's okay. And again, one thing like that in, in Islam is tawakal, which means have trust in God. And I feel like once you in Islam practicing that giving your trust 100% to Allah is 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 such a beautiful concept, right? Everything happens for a reason. And I'm a true believer of that. And once, because it was hard for me, I was a very person who was very anxious and was like, why me? Why me? Why didn't I get this? But ever since I put all my trust in God, I'm just like, God got me. Whether, whatever I do, yeah. goals, as I don't care. At the end of the day, I know God got me. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just not my timing and I'm okay with it. And I feel like sometimes it's good to remember that because like whether you believe in a religion or you believe in right. a high power, uh, it's always good to reflect that. You may think you have everything written to a T, but your story is still developing. There's so many. Oh things. God, yes. Oh, that was so good. And I love I love how intertwined Christianity and Islam is. Because, yeah. you know, I, like I told you before, I used to practice. Yeah. Um, but I love that because it's the same thing in the Bible. It's like, trust God. That's it. You just trust God. Literally. Trust him. That's all. Um, you have any advice? Yeah, my advice after the article and the video is as teachers, you kind of have to literally um put your mental health first whether if your school community is not doing that I feel like we have to reflect back and put our mental health as priority whether that looks like you taking um like personal days or personal leave or maybe just taking time where you feel like you need to distance yourself from the classroom it's okay because I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're mentally your mental health is not doing well and you're being around kids all day I feel like it can be very triggering because uh mental your mental health or mental stability is not there so in both cases I definitely say make your mental health a priority and take time for yourself it's okay I think that's needed oh yes that was amazing advice Zara it kind of goes into mine too um backstory okay I don't remember what that man said in in the on the train right but (laughs) what I do remember 
is I was having a very rough day in Boston one day. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just led to call my mom. And my, me and my mom's relationship has been has been really growing over the past few years. And so I called her just to talk to her. And um, I was crying on the phone. I'm in the park, like literally by myself, sitting on a bench, just crying. Like had makeup on, smeared on my face, crazy. And so my mom's like, why are you crying? Like, it sounds like you're crying. Like, what is going on? I was like, mom, I don't know who I am. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, you don't know who you are. I was like, I don't know who I am. Like, you know, um, at work, they say I'm this, this person says I'm this, like, who am I? And then she was like, she was like, Tay, I don't get it. Like, you are who you are. And that's okay. Oh, God, I'm getting getting emotional because that was a very like, honestly, and I was like a moment. Oh, but that's a great moment because I feel like a lot of the times you go through life and we second guess ourselves because people's versions of who they think we are kind of takes over what we thought we we were right like yeah you, like and then you start to believe it because it's just like am, if this if people if is this what I put out to the world like am I do I really come across like this so I completely understand where you're coming from and thank you for being so vulnerable because a lot of people honestly would not admit that but that is the truest thing I feel like we ourselves as humans like to say that what people say about us don't bother us or sticks and stones won't break my bones. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? But we're human. Words cut. They cut deep, especially when you feel like you're, whether it's in your career and in life and you feel like you're accomplishing so much as you did this school year, but to be put down by people's perspectives of you from a negative, like it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Like, let's be real. It hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that. But, you know, my mom was just like, you, you are who you are. Like, and if she's like, I don't get it. She's like, you, you know, I don't understand why you're going through this. She's like, you are who you are. And that's okay. She's like, if people accept you, it's fine. If people don't, that's, that's okay, too. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like, but you just have to have, you know, just a solidified knowledge of, of who you are, who you've always been. you know and 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 that doesn't mean and you know she's like and be so solidified in that that it doesn't matter what someone can say about you you can Mm -hmm. just go back to knowing like Mm -hmm. no I get that you felt that way but this is that's not that's not it exactly (laughs) you know I 100% agree like I had a moment like that too because like with people have to understand I don't like when I post or I make social media posts about my outfits or about my students or whatever I'm going through it's like a digital diary for me like I'm not here to please everybody and then there's one time like a news outlet took my video I didn't even know they just like posted me and then the comments were like but how's your teaching though like you know we're just like coming I think I saw that and I, that hurt because it's like, you don't even know me from anywhere. And I didn't say that because I dress nice. I'm a great teacher. That was not even the pose, but people were just coming for my teaching style or saying that how I wasn't a great teacher. And I'm just like, you don't even know. And that hurt me. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. Like that staying, I'm like, damn, like people can be so mean on the internet. But then I had to remind myself is like, I know I'm a great teacher. My students tell me I'm a great teacher all the time. They're like my affirmation stations at this point, like every single day, like buckets of cards and notes that students give to me, right? So I had to reflect back on that and say, these people don't know me from anywhere. So they can say whatever they want because at the end of the day, I have to know that I am a great teacher. Like I know I am a fantastic or we are the, the best teachers. exactly that's it and you already know the way that your your students how they gravitated you towards you how they're able to talk to you about things how they're so surprised that you give them grace in certain situations there are other teachers that don't do that and don't get that same level of knowledge or expertise Mm -hmm. so going back off of like you know what my mom said I will go kind of connected with what you said it's like knowing that um, it's okay to sit by yourself and also to seek help and support from people that you know, you know, are there for you. Because, you know, even though like my relationship with my mom has grown to where it is now, it's like being like, okay, I'm not okay in this situation. 
who do I know that I can just call and that can, because I think it's not, it's important to be reminded of who you are when mm. you're going through situations that you are just totally like conflicted in your mind about. And I think, you know, knowing that you have a supportive community or supportive person and just be like, girl, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm feeling like. And they're like, but don't you remember like who you are? Like, mm -hmm. this is who you are. My mom was like, you are exceptional. She's like, so it hurts me to see that you're going through this right now. Mm -hmm. And that like did so many levels of healing for me in that moment that I'm like, yeah, like, how did I forget who I am? Because mm -hmm. I've allowed this person, this person, this person to like have these perceptions about me. And I just totally forgot, yeah. you know? And it happens. So, yeah. It happens. I feel like check-ins, you know? And sometimes it's okay to be like, not okay. Like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Not to like, it's normal. You know, we're not always going to be on a high, you know? And again, as you said, like your mom, like a community, like like Natalie that you have, mm -hmm. or like everybody, you need a good support system. It is so needed in just life. You need a great support system where you can just be authentically, you share your emotions, what you're going through and just be heard. I Absolutely. feel like, yeah, and it's healing. And yeah yeah yes all the world needs is a little bit of healing yes exactly <laughs> it'll be so much better seriously mm -hmm. this is a really beautiful episode zara thank you for your time thank you for your energy thank you for the moments thank you for just being vulnerable and just allowing the space to be what it is and just being a hundred percent you so we all of us appreciate that and we love yeah. you we appreciate the same energy because we reflect the same type even though it's probably like different personalities yeah. but it's definitely the same energy we vibe for with sure. <laughs> for sure we love it yes we love it um so this ends our oh my god sixth episode thank you guys for watching um as usual you know follow us on social media at them 90s teachers um we have a growing community we just hit we're almost at over 300 now right Yes, we're over 300 on Instagram. We're so excited because honestly, we wouldn't be here without you guys and just the constant support of even you just listening or resharing our page or even following and keeping up with us. Uh, we love what we do. We're going to keep loving what we do and we can't hope to grow and reach out to all different teachers and allow them to have this space to be their safe space as well yes exactly so you guys make sure um even follow us on spotify i think we have about 42 followers on spotify which is um <laughs> y'all that's amazing that's amazing 40 we have like in you know our our plays are growing our audience is growing our followers are growing on there too um so make sure you guys follow us on spotify or subscribe on apple Podcasts so that you know you will always know episode every sunday um afternoon or morning depending on when it's posted but we're working on the consistent daily schedule okay weekly schedule um so you guys have that follow um follow us on instagram my instagram is at tayjanay t-a-y-j-e-n-a-y wanderous soul m-i-s-s-w-o-n-d-r-u-s-o-u-l you can get some more about us on our pages we're pretty much share a lot of our you know we'll our personalities and things on our specific Instagrams. So make sure you guys go follow that. Um, and yeah, join. And we're going to have start doing like these weekly lives every so often. So yeah. make sure that you guys join those also. Yes, yeah, stay tuned because we're going to be catching up with you guys because now we have a couple of episodes out. So it's going to be fun to actually come and chat with all of you who've been listening and to like talk about it, dissect the episodes um, in more depth and to answer your questions. We're excited. We are so excited. Um, Anything else you want to add, Zara, before we go? No, we're good. I feel like, thank you. And if you ever want to know more about us or you want to keep them 90 teachers, you can also just hashtag them 90 teachers. If you have questions, whether it's on Twitter or threads, wherever you see fit, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram, we are going to be checking that uh, hashtag. So if you ever have questions or maybe you want to share videos or news articles with us for hot topics, we'd greatly appreciate that too. We would. Awesome. So can't wait to see you guys next week for our fresh episode. <laughs>